Good morning, Saints. How are you this morning? Once again, as I always say when I'm given an opportunity to preach, I say it and I say it again. It's a privilege to come and stand and preach in this uh, pulpit that the man of God, our pastor, stands. And it's a place that one cannot get used to. Because once one gets to it, you become familiar. And familiarity brings contempt. So I, I'm not in contempt of this uh, pulpit. And I don't take it lightly when the pastor, the pastor's wife, and the elders ask me to preach. So in absentia, I spoke to him yesterday. He sent me a voice message and he said he was praying for me. Wherever he is and is resting, we had a chat together and I appreciate it again. Once again, Pastor John in absentia, thank you very much for this privilege for me to stand and preach. Because when we speak and we're speaking life unto the children of God. And Bev, thank you very much. Uh, elders, thank you very much for this opportunity. That being said, saints, we are going to delve into the word of God. What we are going to do this morning, I don't want to get too technical in terms of the Greek and the Hebrew words, but we are going to share a few of that. Then we are going to get to the pointers or the points that we want to focus on. But also, I was talking to Francois at the back and I was saying, I actually felt like crying this morning because right from the time that JD spoke in the morning to the songs, everything spoke to the message. And I just said, how amazing is God. You know, you are in sync. I never spoke to Sherin about the message that I'm going to preach. And everything just unfolds like that. Then to me, it was really a confirmation that God has been speaking to all of us. So as we were worshiping this morning, the songs were just speaking, to, were actually speaking to that. Yesterday, I woke up, went to the office in the morning. I was just feeling a bit down and I was a bit disappointed. I sent two messages to two of my clients and I was a bit angry. <laughs> I was really a bit disappointed. You know, when you know you give it all, you give your all and people take you for granted. They don't pay you in time. Then I was speaking to Maureen and I was saying, I just sent two messages to two clients. I was really, it's rare that I was sent a WhatsApp message that is a bit, <laughs> I'm a nice person. I just like to be diplomatic. And, uh, but I sent the message to those clients and I'm saying, you guys are really taking me for granted. But I was really feeling down. But then as I was also preparing for the message, I was a bit encouraged because after you have been disappointed by men, and the funny thing as I was talking to Maureen, the funny thing is the, the two clients that I was, I'm talking about were actually Christians like me. It's amazing how Christians can actually disappoint you at times when it comes to business. That's why a lot of people, I was wondering why a lot of Christians don't want to give me business. And then I resolved that I will do everything with integrity. When a Christian comes, they must know they are coming to a brother and they are not going to be disappointed. So I resolve that whenever, if somebody comes to me and I can't do their work in time, I will communicate with them and say, because of this, because of these limitations, I'm not going to finish your report in time. Give me time. You know, it's called integrity. It's called you communicate and talk to people. That being said, a man who is an evangelical writer by the name uh, Hal Lindsay, quoted, he's actually a, a Christian Zionist. He says, men can live about 40 days without food, about three days without water, about eight minutes without air, but only for one second without hope. So my message this morning, hope. The message is hope, and 
we're going to look at a few scriptures and hope, like I was saying last time, hope in, in the word, depending on the context, has got different connotations in terms of the, either the Greek, when we are looking in the New Testament, either the Greek or the Hebrew. But they almost more or less speak of the same thing. The Bible says, let's look into 1 Corinthians 13 verse 13. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 13. The Bible says, And now abideth faith, hope, charity, which is love, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity, love. So we see saints, these are actually triplets. But the Bible talks of love as being the greatest. But the Bible is actually emphasizing that all of them abide. And last time, if you remember, when I was asked to preach, I preached on the attribute of faith. So I was focusing on the issue of faith. And this time, I just felt compelled in my spirit that I should focus on the issue of hope. So the Bible says that, and now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Let's have Romans 5 verse 5. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. When I started, I said I felt a bit disappointed because, I mean, we are human beings. I also disappoint others at times. I try not to, but I do it. <laughs> Believe you me, I do it because I'm human, but I endeavor. In as much as I can do it by the help of God, I endeavor not to. But I have, I have once in a while, and I'm, I should say I'm sorry if I've disappointed someone. But the Bible says, hope does not disappoint. So there is one thing that does not disappoint. If you've been disappointed by friends, by family, by whoever, the Bible says hope does not disappoint. And it ties it to love, saints. It says, because the love of God has been poured. So the two are linked. Because the love of God has been poured in our hearts. So hope will never disappoint you. We are going to delve and define what hope is according to the scripture. Now when you look at the Bible, the Greek word for hope is alpis, right? So we said, we titled our message, hope. So the Greek word for that will be alpis. And now, of course, what is the meaning of this word? This word is primarily used to anticipate, usually with pleasure. So you are anticipating something with pleasure. And we are going to see later on the basis of hope. What is the basis of our hope? Because our hope has to lean on something else. And you will see, I don't want to go ahead of myself, but you will see that hope is based on the promises of the word of God. So as we come to our pointers at the end, and what we want to do actually at the end is I concurred with Pastor, we were in the spirit together, Pastor Jade. We felt that we are going to pray for a few people today. It's not normal that I will do a teaching and then we pray for people, but that's what we're going to do today because of what we believe God laid in our hearts. So, elpis, that in Greek will mean an anticipation, usually with pleasure. So, you're really anticipating something. I spoke about the fact that yesterday I woke up down and I was anticipating money to come into my account because I've done work. So, I was hopeful that money was going to come to my account because people said, we are going to pay you. I woke up and no one paid me. You can, you can imagine now what it really did to me. Hence that WhatsApp message that was not so nice <laughs> that I wrote, but they replied and apologized later on. <laughs> so that being said, let's go to Hebrews 11 verse 1. 
Hebrews 11, verse 1, in, in New King James Version, we, it's a common scripture that we know since. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So if we actually look at the first word, which was elpis, right? So elpis here, it's hope. Hope is the present tense, right? That would be elpis in Hebrew. That would be anticipation. But when we look at the word hoped, it's past tense, right? That in Hebrew is called elpizo. Elpizo. So this is, this is the present tense. That's hope. This is the past tense. That's hoped. So the Bible says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. In other ways, is something that we are anticipating or we anticipated. Something that we expected. So we are confiding because of the faith that we have and the substance of that faith. We have the hope. El Pizzo. Something that we have hoped for, something that we are in expectation for. So, like I said, the two words, are, they speak of hope, but one is hoped. The first one is hope. Something that we are anticipating before God. So, Let's go again to Psalm 42. As I said, at the end of the message, I'm going to give you a few pointers in terms of what we can expect in terms of our hope. But we want to focus on the scriptures because we are not motivational people. We are scriptural based. Our pastor teaches us the word, the word, the word. So hence, we are focusing on the scripture. Psalm 42, verse 5. It says, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. So we look at a man who, just like us, was let down. A lot of things, circumstances, situations, expectations from people. But then he raises his eyes and says to himself, he speaks to himself or speaks to others. That's why the Bible will say to us, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Always making music and melody in your heart to the Lord. So the same man does that. He says... He's asking. It might be a rhetoric question where he might be asking a question to answer himself or he might be asking, but he's speaking to himself. And he says, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed? How many of us have been disturbed by situations? I hope it's not in course alone. I mean, like I said yesterday, I was a bit downcast. I was really down because here you are, you're expecting that Christmas will be good for your children, your family. You have worked hard and then you just wake up, you're so down. But then because there is hope, because there is the word of God, the promise of God, one pulls themselves, and just like David, they ask, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him. So praise is very powerful. It goes with hope. When you are in expectation from God, get into praise. Play a worship song. I do it in my office when I just feel like yesterday preparing the message, I just said, because you're not going to stand in, <laughs> in front of people downcast like this because then you rub that spirit of being downcast. You're going to stand there and because the word of God, it is what, it doesn't matter what these people have done. God is what he says he is. And God will do what God has promised to do. Let's go to Psalm 119 verse 81. My soul Fainted for thy salvation, but I hope in thy word. Here is a man again, he's very desperate. You know, when you are desperate, the only person that you can hope and place your hope is God. 
He is the only person. And here the word is different from the other word that we'll actually look at later. In terms of Hebrew, this word, hope, it says yakao or yakao, which is a primitive root to wait or to be patient on God. So he says he's a desperate man. He's, he really needs the salvation of God. He knows that it's either God or nothing. And he says, my soul fainted for thy salvation, but I, Yakao, hope in thy word. My soul longs for your salvation. I hope in your word. He emphasizes again. He goes and goes and goes again. I hope in your word. That's David. That's why the Bible says, I mean, there is a number of reasons why the Bible will say, David is a man after my heart. Because David was all about worship. I mean, if you want to be a man, a woman after God's heart, be about worship, be about the word of God. Follow through what the word of God says. Trust in God and you'll never. That's why again the Bible will say, cursed is any man who put his trust in the arm of the flesh. Why? Because God wants us to get to a point where irregardless of the situation. When we started this morning, JD asked us to pray for the country. There is a lot that is happening through the country. There is a lot that is happening through the economy. And all these things are bound to bring our soul to be downcast. All these things, it's really discouraging what our politicians, we trust them with our, our money, we trust them with our lives, look at what they do. But David will say, why so downcast my soul? Put your hope in God. Because only in God and God can this country come out of the quagmire or the situation that is in. Only in God and only in God can we come out of our situations. I've heard, I've testified again, I'm not going to use a lot of my experiences, but I've testified again and again that when I got born again, I don't know, I don't know, you know, the way God works. When I got born again, I never had it easy. It's like God really began to deal with me right from the onset. When I got born again, a young man of my, that we had qualified together at tertiary, got lovely jobs, got things quicker, and it wasn't so with me. It was difficult. But through that, I realized that I can never trust it. That's why for me, since it's difficult for me to come to somebody and say, can you borrow me this? Can you borrow me this? Because I have learned that God, even if I wanted to do it, God makes sure that he blocks. He blocks that. Because God wants us to focus and realize that our hope, our hope, our anticipation, our expectation should come from him and him alone. Amen. There is a scripture again, Proverbs 13 verse 12, one of the scriptures that I love. It says, hope deferred maketh the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Saint, when I opened, I opened up with a quotation that says, you can live for 40 days without food, you can live without water probably for three days, you can live for eight minutes without oxygen but you can't live even for more than a second without hope. So that's why even the scripture will say hope deferred. What is to defer something is to postpone it. It's a term that we use a lot in the finance world, in the accounting world, where we talk about something like deferred tax. You defer your tax, you postpone your taxes in order to pay them in the future. But hope is not something that you can postpone. Just for a minute... Have we realized, with all due respect, and uh, I don't mean to insult, Pastor John preached a message last time where he said, once somebody commits suicide, takes their life, they didn't have the grace to live. He preached that message, which was a lovely message. 
However, I want to also emphasize and add to that to say, what brings people to that desperation is because they have lost all hope. And I'm doing it with sensitivity, saying I don't want to, you know. Once a person decides that I'm taking my life, I cannot do it anymore. It's hard. It's because they haven't survived for more than a second without hope. And they've decided that there is nothing that they can do. That's why the Bible will say in the same scripture, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But it says when desire comes, the word desire there, it's actually talking about satisfaction. When satisfaction comes, when God has done something for you, you have hoped. Last time I spoke, when I spoke about faith and the attributes of faith, and I said, when God has done something, it's just that we, I don't know about you, but Ngozi really forgets a lot. God will do something yesterday and I've forgotten today. That's why I need to encourage myself to say, because we are creatures of habit and, and we tend to forget. When God has done something, that's why the Bible will write, reminding the children of Israel, that's why God will say, after crossing the Red Sea or Jordan, take stones, so that act as a form of remembrance of what God has done for you. So it's important to write things, jot things down, so that your hope is sustained. You know, even if you go through a rough time, even if you lose your job, you look at a man like Job who says, even though you smite me, yet I will trust in you. This is a man who had worked with God. As we'll come again, I will write different points about warp, but I wanted us to first start on the basis of the scripture. As you will see later on, he says, even though you, you smite me, yet I will still trust in you. I think we need to get to a point where, saints, even if your house is repossessed, God forbid, but even if your house is repossessed, even if you lose your job, we haven't gotten to a point like job where things are really, really, really that rough. Says even though he's a man who says, I give it all to you, whatever you do, God, yet I will trust in you. That's hope. That's choosing not to defer hope. I don't know how long this man, the Bible doesn't state, but I think it was for a couple of years. I don't know how this man, how long Job enjoyed the situation that he's in. You lose your children, you lose your wealth, you lose your houses, your wife tells you to insult God, yet you are resilient. And you're still trusting God. That's called hope. That's called because the man had an expectation. And if you look towards the end, look at what is expectation of God, how it was rewarded. So saints, God will definitely reward our faith. He will reward our hope. He has put love. And mind you, these things are actually not actually things that we have of ourselves. He has already given us. Because remember, he says, according to his divine power, has he given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. So we have been empowered. We have been empowered to live. So hope is part of the attributes. Intangibles, what you call an asset. In the accounting world, we've got what is called non-current assets. Assets that you can touch, assets that you can't touch. Like you talk about patents, trademarks. It's assets that you can. So hope is also an intangible. It's an asset that God has given us for this life and godliness, for us to be able to live in this very life. Amen. When we look at that word, as pertaining to Proverbs 13 verse 12, it's tokeleth in Hebrew. It's tokeleth. It still means expectation. Right? And the, the psalmist will go again to Psalm 71 verse 5. It says, For you are my hope, O Lord. You are my trust from my youth. We can see when you read about David. David, right from the time that he was tendering, ten, taking care of the sheep, he trusted God. I mean, 
No sane or normal person in their right mind will confront a bear or confront a lion. It's only a man who knows what he is. So he says, right from my youth. So he's testifying. He says, God, I was tending those little flock, lambs, sheep of my father. A lion came, I tore him. A bear came, I got rid of him. Now Goliath came, I got rid of Goliath. So David had a point of reference. So since we should come based on the hope that God has given us, that has put, we should have a point of reference. I know in varying degrees and in varying ways, God has done something for your life. God has done something for your family. God has healed you. God has healed somebody close to you. One way or the other, whether it's a material blessing or it's healing or whatever, God has done something for you. And we have a place of reference where, in spite of what is happening in your life right now, I know there may be people that might be going through a rough patch in their lives, but in spite of whatever is happening in your life, there is a point of reference where you can say, you are my hope, God. You are my yakao. I expect, I confide, I look to you. We can settle that. You are my trust from my youth. You are all that I trust. Guys, saints, it's God or nothing. We've got to come to a point in our lives where it's God or nothing. And that one that I just read, the scripture that I read, it's also in Hebrew, it's tikva, which literally means a cord or an attachment. So hope attaches us to God. Once again, without trying to be insensitive, when a person decides, I'm done, I'm finished, that cord... That attachment to God has been broken. It's been broken. I mean, it's a, you get, God is still good. Like I said, that message changed my life. When Pastor John preached it, it changed my life to say, it doesn't mean the person is not going to heaven. It's just they have lost the grace. They don't have their duty. And may God help us that we don't lose people through suicide. We don't lose people through, because people have gotten to a point where they have hope. And people can trust God. That being said, saying, so let's go to a few pointers, a few things that I want to write. So, first of all, we see when we look at Psalm 91, David rested on what God has done for him. You look at the entire scripture. David rested on what God had done for him. In other ways, he had an expectation. Everything about David, was David disappointed and let down like us a lot? But what was David's secret? Hoping and trusting in God. That was this. You look at a lot of people in the Bible. The Bible talks about Abraham. He says, against hope. Against hope he believed. So it means the might to his expectations. That made him to trust God. So hope is one, is the confident expectation. That's point number one. We have already defined and said a few Hebrew words. Secondly, the essence of hope is that God will do what he said he will do. God will do it. That's what hope hinges on. He will do whatever he says. Saints, even if it may seem like he's tiring, he will do it. Never, 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 and I say it, give up. Because he will do what he said he will do. It is the promises of God that secures our hope. Three, secures hope. You remember one of the Hebrew words that we say, it's a court. 
It is the promises of God that attach us to God. We've got that invisible asset called hope that links us and attaches us to God. We say, God, it may be difficult. I also don't want to downplay what you're going through right now. But look, your situation, the Bible says, let every man be a liar and God speak the truth. So let your situation be a lie and God speak the truth. Because really, it may seem like it's a fact, but it's not really true. Like I said, I'm sensitive. I don't want to downplay. Because it's not standing here to brag and to downplay your situation. No. But I'm coming here to encourage you to say, there is that intangible called hope that attaches you to God. We have battles, but we still have hope. Hope ensures we win our battles. The Bible says some they trust in chariots, some they trust in horses, but we'll remember the name of the Lord. Sharon, we're singing about the name of Jesus and what it has done to us. And we're singing on what our expectations of that name in this current age. So it ensures that whatever battle, you may be battling with sickness. Look, just because we have lost people, and also I'm being sensitive, even for those that are watching online, just because we have lost people to cancer does not make God not being a healer. God is still a healer. God can still heal cancer. We may have prayed for people, we may not understand why they lost their battle to cancer. Or lost their battle, I'm using cancer as an example, because cancer is really, really bad. Eh? It wrecks havoc on people's lives. But any other sickness, we may lose people to whatever sickness, but that does not change who God is. And that does not stop us from hoping. So remember there is faith, which is the substance of things hoped for, expected. So that does not stop us from having faith and hope, having hope in the Lord Jesus. Saints, let me submit to you that hope is different from wishful thinking. Somebody said, if wishes were horses, beggars were going to ride. And it's true. I wish, I wish, I wish I can do. Wishful thinking is based on your emotional state. But hope is based on the promises of God. So it's different from wishful thinking. How many times have we stood, but then we, we don't experience, we have wished this. Now the year is going to end. First of January. I wish this year, New Year resolutions. It's good to have resolutions, but your resolutions must be based by the word of God. We make resolutions. This year I'm going to do this. This year I'm going to... Look, hope is tied to the word of God. I've got a list that I put in my office of things that are expectations of God. Guess what? Some of them came to pass. Some of them still haven't. But because I know they are tied to the word of God. Come the 31st, I'm going to write the same list of what hasn't been and pray over them and trust God for them. Because I know they might not have happened, but I've got those hopes, which are not wishes, that are secured by the word of God. So in essence, we must believe God for things, not just wish. We must know that we are different from the world. Look, what makes us different is because of our faith in the Lord. And we've got the living word of God that secures our future. The world is in turmoil right now. Like I said, I mean, you just have to go to Twitter. We are surrounded by Twitter. We are surrounded by this and that. That is speaking to our lives and it's trying to discourage us. But there is one thing that will never fail us since. 
is the word of God. Last, our personal relationship with God is the foundation of our hope. So that's the overaching thing. Our personal relationship with God. That's the foundation of our hope. That's what is actually securing our hope. So that being said, saints, let's continue. That cord, let's have that cord. Let's not allow that cord to be broken. Let's not allow the expectation from God to be broken. Because God, I am convinced, I am convinced. There is a song that was sung by this man. He says, I am convinced that when I pray, you hear me. I'm going to pray until Jesus. The man is so violent, he's, he's playing rock. It's, I'm going to pray till Jesus comes. You know, it's a man who has determined. Let's pray until we see God. Let's pray until we see that situation dissipate. Because our expectation, saints, is from God.